Hello, everybody. This is Gary Kay, and you are listening to my Rants and Rave podcast. I have a special guest today. Jennifer Davis is uh, on the phone with me from Layard Planar. How are you doing, Jennifer? I'm doing great. Um, how was uh, your recovery? Infocom, we're both back for only a week. Uh, what do you think? Uh, how's your recovery been? And have you caught up from uh, being out of the office for a week? Well, I don't know if anyone ever catches up for sure. Uh, but luckily, uh, the show brought a lot of our team and as well as a lot of our customers and partners, you know, away from the office. So uh, the norm, the normal um, email and meeting traffic was a little lower. So that's always a that's always a mercy. I did bring back a souvenir from the show, and that is a bit of a scratchy throat. So I apologize to anyone listening to this if I sound a little bit like Kathleen Turner. <laughs> no, you, you sound good. It sounds good. Um, I know you talk to a lot of people. I, I, obviously, the most most uh, most sort of um, popular thing in your booth, I would say, was the, the Layard LED multi-touch um, while using your PLTS technology, which I had a chance to play around with uh, before I interviewed you for the for the, for our video uh, that we did at the yeah. show. But um, it, people were piled around it and playing with it and touching it, and that's exactly what you wanted, didn't it? Absolutely, yeah. We And sometimes I'd look over and there'd be, you know, four, four layers deep at the wall, people queuing up to... Uh, to take their turn. And even though the wall was, you know, a big 196 inch diagonal and allowed for, you know, multiple people to be at the wall at one time, it wasn't enough for the press of the crowds often. So, you know, that was great to see. And, and it was great to get the feedback, you know, it was many of our partners first opportunity to see touch, you know, implemented, um, you know, in this way on an led wall and, as we expected, the feedback was really incredible. And, um, you know, we were already talking about multiple projects and some exciting things going on. So stay tuned for more case study examples as, as that product begins shipping, um, you know, later this year and, and some of those projects come to fruition. Yeah. And what was interesting, I agree with you on the, the popularity of the wall and the wall was so big. It was, uh, it, it basically spanned your booth. The, um, mm-hmm. The fact that it is 32 point touch probably helped too, because then you have the ability to have everybody participating and being interactive. Absolutely. I saw several games of um, image and video catch, you know, where on one side of the wall, someone would, would take an image and, and zoom into it or make it smaller and then fling it across the wall to somebody else who was on the other side, like a, like a, you know, visual game of Pong or something. It was, it was really, it was really fun to see people interacting and, and then figuring out, you know, people actually um, imagining how it would work in their own conference room or in their own, um, you know, classroom environment or even in a public venue setting, you know, with an interact experience designed specifically for something that size, um, you know, it was neat to talk to customers as they really wrap their heads around what seamless interactivity could mean um, in, you know, in this fine pixel pitch uh, LED offering. And, and as you mentioned earlier, that PLTS, that pliable LED touch surface, uh, as we call it, um, is really, really unique. It's a patent pending thing that we're very proud of. And so we were proud to be able to take it out of the lab and into the light of bit and let customers, uh, you know, experience it. And, and again, if you had a chance to play with it, you know, it's a smooth touch surface. It protects the, the LED from the, you know, potential damage and oils in your hand and all that stuff while just being comfortable. And so it's no problem actually writing a note or again, taking notes in a whiteboard style on that surface. Cause you don't feel like you're you know, sort of rubbing your fingerprints off, uh, you know, touching, 
you know, exterior, a, a product that was designed for exterior glass. So it's just a, it, it's been really um, encouraging to see the, the market response to something that we've been working so hard on. Well, I'm going to ask you a question that I actually got asked twice on the show for because people stopped me and said, okay. what have you seen? They stopped me and asked what I thought was one of the coolest things on the show floor. And one of them that I saw that was one of the coolest was that was your touch LED because that is kind of unusual in the way that it, it worked. So I, I mm -hmm. said that to a number of people that stopped me. Well, two of them asked me the same question. Will, will okay. it ever, will it ever be available or work on an outdoor LED application now that the pixel pitch is getting much smaller, you know, and I think what they're really talking about, I'm not sure they were talking about true outdoor as much as they were talking about, wall uh, sorry mall storefront stores and also mm. um you know kind of um medium outdoor applications where you're not on a direct um you know a weather case but you're still sort of indirectly outside is that even possible i mean i guess that's a that it's just a matter of moving the plts surface from one led to another but have you thought about making that available as an outdoor or maybe a, a weather friendly product well, that, that's a very interesting question. We've gotten a few um, inquiries along that line. Um, here, here are the considerations that we'd look at. Of course, for an outdoor, even a semi-outdoor product, it needs to be um, not only perform well visually, it needs to stand up to the sunlight and the weather. <laughs> yeah. And so uh, the, the, current, uh, the current product design uh, from a mechanical and a uh, perspective is not an outdoor rated product. So I guess the short answer is not, not yet. Um, the other thing that we find is that pixel pitches are getting smaller, for sure, but in general, outdoor uh, uses of LEDs are not as fine as the indoor equivalent. Yeah. And so what we, what we do find is not only is the touch experience, um, because you're um, you know, an arm's length away from the wall, um, it needs to be high enough resolution that you can actually see what you're doing um, you know, on the wall up, up that close. And um, in addition to that, when you put a surface over the face of an LED uh, wall, you want to make sure that it does actually, you know, provide that smooth surface, which requires a certain pixel density. You know, anything, anything that has big gaps in between uh, the pixels might cause that PLTS um, material to actually like ripple or something like that. Yeah, Again, yeah. you know, not, not. So what we want to make sure is that, you know, we've sort of optimized for the experience that is most people's desire to do touch. And that is indoor, fairly close proximity, which is why we're offering it in a 0 0.9 and a 1.2 millimeter pitch. Uh, we continue to test and evaluate other pitches. Um, of course, at the show as well, we showed a 0 0.9 uh, technology demonstration, or 0 0.7, sorry, uh, technology demonstration. So we just keep driving that pixel density higher and higher for indoor applications. And that's where that's really going to shine. When it comes to outdoor applications, um, just the everything from the pixel density itself, the weatherproofing, not to mention the user experience design takes on a very different form. You know, often in big billboard interactivity kind of um, scenarios, they're using basically crowd cameras, mm -hmm. <laughs> um, yeah. you know, that, that trigger different experiences. And, and amazing things have been done um, on large scale billboards um, that add interactivity, but it's not like touch interactivity. It's not like somebody writing a note on a billboard. It's really about, you know, um, maybe tying into crowds. So as the crowds gather or multiply, you, 
you start seeing some different experiences on the wall. All of that is awesome, but doesn't require the kind of fidelity um, of touch that we're offering with our system. So we continue to look for exciting ways to make walls interactive. And uh, we feel like we've really cracked the code on fine pitch for indoor. And uh, we'll continue to look at other ways to add interactivity to other other walls over time, including our outdoor walls, potentially. Yeah. Yeah. And, I, and one of the people that asked me specifically work for an ad agency. So they had a specific uh-huh. app, application yeah. in mind. And, and I think we would all you know uh, agree that this kind of this being available is going to push the envelope naturally by anybody who's thinking, well, I didn't know you could do that. And, you know, out the advantage of LED outside is that <laughs> it's much brighter, but certainly I see Absolutely. this as being hugely popular um, in uh, because everyone just reaches up and touches a screen automatically. Now, especially <laughs> if you're under the age of 30, that's natural to uh-huh. think that, that everything is, is, is touchable. Um, how, how wide was the screen in your booth? I, I didn't catch that. Oh, that's a good question. Uh, it's a 196-inch diagonal. So about hand. 30, um, 16 feet, something like that. Yeah, something yeah. like that. And then that's also, we have it available in three different sort of configurations. One is that 196-inch diagonal, one is half that size, and one is three-quarters that size. So it's sort of small, medium, and large. Yeah. Um, so, you know, to fit different spaces and budget points as well. And it's in the 0.9 millimeter and what other sizes? And 1.2. And 1.2 is what we showed at the show. And okay. uh, again, great feedback. A lot of people, I think, went into the show thinking, wow, if you, you know, if you want to touch application and you want it to be arm's length away, it needs to be the 0.9. But the 1.2 looks really good. And, you know, you don't have to stand that far back before you're not seeing pixels anymore. And certainly the, you know, presenter or whomever might be at the at the board doing um, the manipulation of the content, you know, finds it perfectly readable. So, uh, you know, it's a, it's a great way to start introducing that uh, concept to the, to the market. Yeah, I mean, there's no question this, this was sort of one of those things that everybody was um, looking forward to seeing because we got a lot of, we had a lot of interest in it prior to the show. Um, so I'm I'm curious as to what your overall impressions were of the show. I mean, I think you kind of wear to, two hats because number one, you're you're in charge of marketing at Layard and Planar, but also you're actively involved in the long range planning of uh, Infocom. What were your what were your impressions in general? Yeah, I'm I'm really pleased to be serving on the leadership search committee and and helping uh, you know find new talent for the organization. And so I I do sort of do double duty. You've seen me at these shows with like multiple name badges. I I look like NASCAR. Um, I would say my impression of the show was really, really positive. I think the organizers did a fantastic job uh, continuing to push the envelope of innovation and drive traffic, which, of course, as a manufacturer, you know, that's the that's the basic building block of a really good show is do we have enough foot traffic to actually have the kind of conversations that we want to have and, and make it you know, a good return on our investment. And so um, that it was really exciting that the show achieved um, record attendance. And, um, you know, usually the record attendance happens in Las Vegas. And so it was really encouraging to see that happening in Orlando because it bodes well for 18, as well as, as the show returns to, to Las Vegas. And, um, and then the other thing I would say is that we, we saw that, the show organizers really focus on um, 
changing the conversation from just ones of bits and nits and, you know, speeds and feeds and, you know, the technical part of the industry, which is absolutely critical and underpins everything, but to broaden the conversation to the kinds of problems that we're trying to solve with technology and the stories that we're trying to tell um, in a visual or um, auditory way. And so I was able to participate in the TIDE conference, which happened the day before Infocom. And it actually reminded me, it was like a bit of a mashup between like a TEDx event and, and Infocom. You know, the audience was very much um, technically minded and, and wanted to learn about, um, you know, how other organizations and companies were, were solving, you know, communications challenges overall using technology. And again, the speaker lineup included, you know, folks from, you know, that we know from Bell and Whistle and local projects and others that are user experience design firms, um, again, providing context to the technology, as well as, you know, speakers from Pixar and others that are just in general talking about the importance of storytelling. And so it was really fun to see, you know, just a different set of inspirations um, being brought to the forefront for the show. And I've, of course, gave the the team, uh, my feedback on, on Tide and encourage them to keep up the, the great work because I feel like that could really grow into something that really provides balance uh, to Infocom where it isn't just about, hey, there's a new box, a new cable, a new piece of software, um, but also, and it solves this amazing communication problem that people in the in the real world face and here's how to connect those dots and, and provide a more valuable service to, to our clients when we go back home to our offices. So in general, uh, were the, um, like for example, in your particular case for your company, you guys were happy with the, the, the quality of the leads and the kind of people coming through the show. Cause I, obviously this year they not only set a record, but they also had a, interestingly enough, they had more end users come through at a very high increase percentage wise than, than any other category of attendee. Um, that was, uh, I think, a pleasant surprise for everybody. Yeah, I, I think so as well. And again, if an end user is making the trip, uh, you know, to come to a show of this type, you know, they are very much in the market for these services. They want to learn more. They're there to, to equip themselves to make better decisions. And so that's that was great to see. It was also great to see how many new attendees um, i I saw some statistics, I don't have them here in front of me, but how many, um, you know, first time Infocom attendees there were. And again, 38%. Exactly. 38. Yeah. yeah. So, and, and, and I, and I heard that, you know, being on the show floor and talking to customers, it was, you know, um, it was amazing how many people I met that it was their first time at Infocom and for, you know, such really a mature industry. It's again, it's wonderful to see new entrants because that's how, uh, you know, the industry maintains its vibrancy over time. Yeah. Well, I agree. And there were more new products I feel like this year than any year in the last few years um, Mm -hmm. that I can recall. So I think that bodes well for the industry. Well, I appreciate you joining me. And of course uh, you can get more information on all these products at layard.com, L-E-Y-A-R-D.com. We've mostly been talking about the Layard product line, but obviously uh, you're also in charge of marketing for for the Planar product line. You can see that entire product line, which there are a lot of new products there at planar.com. Jennifer, I really appreciate you joining me today. My pleasure. Thank you very much. And thank you all for listening. To see all of our Infocom coverage, all you have to do is go to ravepubs.com and click on the Infocom link at the top. Thank you very much. Have a great day.